Josie DeVidio is a woman on a mission to explore the human experience. With a passion to bring entertaining and informative content to your ears, real talk, real people, this is Josieology. Hey friends, welcome back to Josieology. I'm your host, Josie DeVidio, and today I'm chatting with Nicole Sherry Odin, who is a licensed attorney in the state of California for over seven years. And after four and a half years at a big firm, she became a mama. And she soon realized that if she wanted to be present while her daughter was growing up, that she had to make some changes in her career. So she started her own firm and then spent the next two years figuring out how to create a work-life balance while teaching other women to do the same thing. So we're going to be chatting today about how to have a career suit your family life. You know, you should be able to do both. It may look differently, but, you know, we're going to be chatting about what that process is and hopefully give you some insight on how to do that if you were thinking about doing the same thing. Nicole, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So you are an attorney uh, by training. What kind of law did you study? Um, so family law was the area that I kind of focused on in law school. And it's where I started my career after I was licensed. Um, but I've branched out. So now I handle family law and small business law. So when you were working at a big firm, is it like they show in the movies where like you're the new guy and they're just throwing everything at you and you're working like a hundred hours a week? <laughs> it's exactly like they show in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was working probably 12 to 14 hour days regularly, and that included some days on the weekends. So, And that's insane to me. I mean, I understand, you know, why that is, because there's a lot of research that goes into it. You got to, you know, look up a lot of things and create your cases and all of that. But you would think over the years, they would have streamlined that somehow or brought on more staff to handle some of those things. But that doesn't seem to be the case. I have a lot of friends who are attorneys and it sounds like that's just kind of the way it is. Yeah. I mean, especially in the field of family law, it's so factually driven and it's so case specific and clients always feel like they're having emergencies, which understandably they're going through kind of one of the roughest periods of their life. It's a very emotional time. It's tumultuous. Um, And especially if you're dealing with a couple that has like domestic violence issues or if they're having a child custody dispute, they really feel like they want to have access to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it makes it very complicated. So establishing boundaries was something that I was really kind of struggling with before having my daughter because I was just always accessible for my boss, my managing partner, and for my clients and still trying to figure out who I was and have my own life in the scheme of things. Yeah. And that's the irony of it. You know, I mean, most people go into a profession like law to have a really nice life, but your career ends up sucking the life out of you if you're not careful, because it is a calling. It is something that is very involved. It is something that requires all of your brain power. And so it gets to be overwhelming. Um, How did you manage that while you were expecting? I would still be at the office until like midnight, you know, regularly if we had a court appearance, if we were going to have like a voluntary settlement meeting, you just, you're getting prepared, you're dealing with everything. And I just kind of figured in my head, I'll figure out a way to make it work. And I just kept kind of punting how I was going to do that. And it ended up being, I had a three month old at home. I was trying to breastfeed. I was trying to juggle being a wife and a mom and have a career. And I literally just remember crying in my office while I was pumping one day, like, I cannot do this. Mentally, I can't do this. I just am feeling too pulled, too frazzled. And I really wanted to be present with my daughter more. So, And I think a lot of women go through that, but it's like not 
talked about, you know, because, you know, you've spent all this time in school and you've studied and gotten to this point, you know, you've met your goal, your desire. And I think women feel like this pressure now to like hustle and crush it all the time. The older I get, the wisdom that I have now that I will impart to whoever's listening (laughs) is that the true mark of crushing it is to be truthful to yourself, to listen to yourself and make life decisions that honor you. It is not living up to the expectations of society or of your family or of your friends. You know, they all have this expectation of you once, you know, you get through school of what your life is going to look like. But I think the true winning in this kind of situation is when you can sit down and go, you know what? I am not happy. This is not what I thought it was going to be. This is not what I signed up for. I need to make some decisions that are going to honor who I am and what I'm needing at this time. Amen. (laughs) I remember that day. It was kind of a pivotal point for me because I just remember thinking I have to find a way to build a career that I'm doing what I love. I'm doing what I went to school for, but I have to figure out how to be able to balance. And that was something that was really important to me. And I don't necessarily mean work-life balance and this perfect balance because I think that that is not ever going to happen. We're never going to be fully in balance. I don't think it's possible, but I feel like you can have it all. You just can't necessarily be doing all the things all the time. So it's just figuring out how to um, structure your life. And so I remember talking to one of my mentors and she was actually opposing counsel on one of the cases that I was handling and we had become friends and she was a mom and she had her own practice. And I just remember thinking like, oh, she's amazing. She's doing all these things. And we just had kind of this real and raw conversation where she was just like, no, you know, I struggle. I have these things. I'm, I'm doing these things. And she's like, you really need to explore going out on your own and setting up a business the way that you feel drawn to. She's like, because your daughter's only going to be little once and work is always going to be there. And those words just felt like that permission. I just remember I was just like, I'm sorry. Cause I just started crying. And I was also in the middle of postpartum anxiety. So it was like all of these emotions and all these feelings. And it was just like, okay, I can do this. I just needed another like woman figure to tell me I have that permission and I can structure the, the career of my dreams the way that I want. And it was just kind of onward and upward from there. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, you know, I think, like you said, we need more women giving this permission. You know, I'm a dentist. I've been a dentist for over 22 years. And over those years, I've had the opportunity to mentor other female dentists. And that's one thing whenever they bring up that struggle of balancing, you know, home life with their kids and work life that I would tell them is, you know, you can always regrow your practice. You cannot re-raise your kids. So you have to do whatever it takes, change your schedule, Um, you know, modify your business structure in order for you to have that time with your kids, especially if that's what you're craving. Is it easy to do? No. Will you lose clients or patients or whatnot? Yes. But you have to make the decision that the trade-off is worth it. And I have never heard anyone who has made that decision regret doing so. I have heard it the other way where people, you know, focus so much on their work that they regret not spending time with their kids. But I have never heard someone regret spending time with their kids in exchange for a less booming career. Now, that doesn't mean your career is not going to boom when your kids are older, when you have more time on your hands. But I think in our culture, somewhere along the line, we wanted instant gratification for everything. It's like, okay, we've graduated law school. Boom. I want to be like this hot attorney in this big firm. And, you know, when we graduate from dental school, it's like, oh, I want to have, you know, two or three practices going at the same time. You know, we've just kind of lost the art of the slow build, you know, because there are other things that are 
equally important, if not more important in life that you have to remember and enjoy and pay attention to. What often is frustrating for women in professional fields is that our male counterparts don't necessarily have to live life this way. What do you have to say about that? No. And I think what spurred the conversation with my now mentor about the struggles I was having and how I was going to handle my career going forward was I remember it was one of the first days back at my firm following my maternity leave. And I had already extended it a month because I was breastfeeding and my daughter refused to take a bottle. And I remember kind of arguing with my partner on the phone and my managing partners, I have to extend my maternity leave because my first day back at work, she went 12 hours without taking a bottle and I died inside. Sure. And so it was already a struggle just to extend my maternity leave to take the time that I was allotted under the law because I was already cutting it short. So that first week back, it was really like an adjustment period for me. And he took me to lunch and he looked across the table and he was very serious. And he was talking about all these other networking opportunities he wanted me to take on and, you know, doing all these kind of guest opportunities at other networking groups and starting to kind of get in and do more, do more, do more. That's all I kept hearing. And my head was just reeling after this meeting because I'm like, I've got this three-month-old at home that's depending on me entirely, that I'm going to blink and she's going to be like off to college. (laughs) So that, you know, I was dealing with my postpartum anxiety about being separated from her because I remember I would cry on the way home while I was driving because I knew how much work I was leaving behind. And then I would cry on the way into the office because I knew I was leaving her behind. So it was just this struggle, this push-pull struggle. And then to sit, have him sit me down that first week back and just talk about all the more that he wanted to heap on onto my plate. And I just... You know, I don't think that men really understand how much we take on. And I don't think they understand, especially in those initial, like that first year after you have a baby. I mean, you're always a mom. It's always important. You always need to be there. But that first year when you're little is so little and so dependent on you and all those milestones that happen, I just think they don't get that need to be bonding and that need to be with your child a little bit more and that flexibility. And it was like a slap in the face because I remember he had set up a way for me to remote work. And the thing that I struggle with is we kind of have a generational gap between women in the law practice because there are the women that went through the profession with the men and they're kind of, we kind of call them like ball busters because they're just really like serious and they're very dominating and they're very intimidating because that's how they had to be to survive in this career with men. And then you have this kind of newer wave of women who are really trying to fight for that balance. And there was an older female in my old firm. And I remember she went to the managing partner and complained that he had set up that way for me to remote work. And so it was like two weeks in and he had said, you know, we can't do this anymore because I'm getting complaints that I'm I'm favoring you. And so it, it was just kind of like, you know, I'm struggling with having him understand where I'm coming from. I'm struggling with having the older female attorney who just, you know, you sucked it up. You went to work, you left your kids, the nanny took care of them. It is how it is. You deal with it. And for a little while, I was kind of like, well, maybe this is just how life's going to be. And after I spoke with my mentor, I was kind of like, you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. So. Yeah. And you know, that's, what's frustrating again in our culture is that women are expected to work as if they don't have children and they're expected to mother their children as if they don't have work to think about. It's this weird pressure that we have and feel that no one says to us directly, but this is a perfect example of that. Like, you know, your boss is giving you all this extra work as if you don't have a family life. And at the same time, you're at home, you know, trying to deal with that, you know, deal, that's not the right word, but, you know, (laughs) trying to engage with your family in the way that you want to. 
And that's the thing too, is I'm sure some of your old school attorney people in the firm, they sacrifice their family for their career, right? And so that's fine if you chose to do that and that's what fulfilled you, but that's not what my choice is. You know, my choice is to try to figure out how to do both and do it with a competence that I am happy with. So tell me about when you finally decided that you were going to go out on your own. Yeah. So um, after I had that conversation with my mentor, I kind of started reaching out to other female attorneys that I had connected with and had like a personal connection with just to kind of chat with them about how they ran their firm and kind of how they structured things, being able to juggle the firm and their family. And a a couple of them kind of gave me this idea, like, why don't you start your firm, but start taking on contract work from some of us? Because then it's going to allow you to take the assignments that you want, the clients that you want, and kind of structure your firm that way. And then as your daughter gets older and you have kind of the more capability and time, you can start taking on your own cases and and handling it that way. And so that's what I did. I just thought, you know what, I'm going to try this. And I gave myself a year and I figured I'm going to give it a go, see how this works out. So at least I'm home for my daughter. Um, And if it doesn't work, then I'll, I'll figure something else out. But I was out earning my law firm salary within, I want to say, a couple of months of going out on my own. Nice. And I've been doing it now for over three years. So, Yeah, that's awesome. And it was pretty great for your colleagues to give you that idea and to support you in doing it. Yeah, I have the most amazing team of women around me and I look up to them so much and I've come to really rely on them for, you know, just an ear. And I think it's kind of vice versa. We've kind of just built up this community of support. And it's been one of the best things I think that I could have ever expected. Yeah. And it's awesome too, because it's a win-win, I would imagine. I mean, it's helping you grow your business and it's also helping them get some of their workload off of their shoulders. So really, you know, it's an ideal thing. Yeah. No, it's been perfect. It's been great. And so, you know, I started taking on some of my own cases as I've branched out and kind of started my virtual firm too. So it's been an interesting and fun ride. And I just think having a tribe of women that I can count on and they can count on me and we can support each other and cheerlead each other and share those stories about, you know, one day Emily didn't want to go to school and we can talk about those struggles about trying to get her dressed and out the door or, you know, it's just, it's an amazing thing, I think, to be able to kind of blur the line a bit between career and family and have them kind of be on the same trajectory now instead of feeling like I've got to choose one. Right. Uh, Nicole, when we come back, I want to talk about what that looks like for you now, you know, compared to what you had going on in your big firm. What does your day-to-day life look like now? Hey friends, if you're enjoying today's episode of Josiology, I would love it if you would share it with a friend. And of course, you can feel free to share it to any social media groups that you belong to. Sharing these episodes with your friends or coworkers will help Josiology get discovered by people who don't know me in real life. Wherever you're listening to this episode, there should be a share menu where you can take the link and either text it to someone, email it to them, or share it on your social media accounts. If you have any questions on how to share an episode, don't hesitate to reach out to me via email, josie at josiology.com, or you can join us at the Josiology Podcast Facebook page where I have videos showing you how to share an episode. Thank you so much. 
All right. So Nicole, you decided to create your own firm virtually, as well as offer some of these services to your colleagues uh, who were staying at the big firm. What did that transition look like for you? Did you just like quit one day at the firm and then start the next week working on this? Or did you kind of have it going on as a side hustle and build it up to a certain level before you left your firm? So I quit my firm. (laughs) I, I knew it was something that had to be done, but I did have a little bit of a cushion. So Um, the very first firm that I worked at for a couple of months before I passed the bar, like there's this transition period between when you take the bar exam and there's like six months between you find, when you find out your results. So I'd worked at another firm kind of trying to just get the ground up experience. And so their associate was going out on maternity leave and I had stayed friends with the managing partners at that firm. And so they were kind of one of the ones I'd reached out to when I was trying to figure out what to do. And so they said, well, why don't you come here? Like while you're getting this going. Um, and you can fill in while she's on maternity leave. So it's like a steady paycheck for you for a couple of months. It gives you a little bit of a runway to get things going. And so I took them up on that. And while I was working there, I was starting to get my independent contractor agreements in place with the other firms that I was going to work with. And so now I have about five firms that I work with. So that's one arm of my practice. So that's going and that's my full-time income. And then I've also branched in the online space because while I was going through this transition, I was also dealing with the postpartum anxiety and I was really kind of trying to get my health back on track. And so I had found a way to kind of deal with it naturally. And so I'd stumbled upon Beachbody. I had my Beachbody coach reach out and quickly found that that MLM model wasn't for me. But the best thing that came out of that is A, it exposed me to personal development, which is something that I had never like really heard about before. I mean, it's not something that's like they talk about (laughs) in the law in that field. And so that was great. And then I also was exposed to all these people that were building businesses in the online space. And so when they would find out I was an attorney, the conversation would switch from like our health and our wellness to, oh my gosh, I have this question about my contractor. Oh my gosh, I want to form this legal entity. Like, what should I do? All these questions. And I would say, you know, you really want to find an attorney near you and kind of try and punt because uh, especially with contract law, it's governed by state law. And so it's very state specific. And most people would respond and just say, you know, it's so expensive. It's so overwhelming. Thought of hiring an attorney. And in my head, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, I could see that (laughs) even as an attorney. Right. And it was kind of like that aha moment where it was like, oh, there's a way that I can help these entrepreneurs, these other people who are on the online space, a lot of them who were young moms like me, who just needed a little bit of guidance and make legal more affordable and accessible for them. So that's become kind of the second branch of my business. And it's been really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And I follow you on Instagram and I see that you're always posting really great legal tips, which is nice. So if you're a listener and you want some free legal tips, you should follow Nicole on Instagram. Tell everybody what your Instagram handle is. It's just Nicole Shree Odin, just my name. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's always on there. She's super cute with her videos (laughs) and gives us tips for free. So you might as well follow her for that. But she also has this great website. So tell us what's on your website. Yeah. So it's NicoleShreeOden.com and I offer legal templates for other online business owners. So if you know that you need to get, let's say your website policies, your privacy policy, or your terms and conditions, or you need a one-on-one client agreement, if you're like an online coach, or if you are an online service provider, I offer those in a template form so that you can get your legal in place, customize it for your business and know that you are protecting your buns. I also do the one-on-one contract drafting and contract review. And I do know that having kind of like a entry level point for a lot of entrepreneurs is important because not everybody has this huge budget to go hire 
an attorney for custom drafted contracts and policies right when they're getting started. But it is important to have legal in place. I like to say that having legal as a foundation for your business is, I think, even more important than like marketing and automation because you could build this business. And if you don't have those legal foundations in place, it's all going to crumble because you're really exposing yourself to, you know, potential lawsuits or claims and disputes. And so it's just a good way to make sure that you're getting something in place. And then as you build and scale, you can obviously meet with an attorney and use that template as like the building block. And it still kind of makes the cost be a little bit lower for you when you're ready to take that step. Yeah. And that's a really great service that you're providing for this niche. Because like you said, a lot of people are starting their side hustle business. They have the idea to make it their full-time thing. They don't even know what they don't know, but they don't have the budget to ask somebody who does. So I think it's great for you to offer that service to that kind of entrepreneur. Now, earlier we had talked about having permission to make your career what you need it to be for your family. So I wanted to get back to that for a second. What do you think keeps women from doing that, first of all? I think especially if you're like a licensed professional or you're in a very professional career trajectory, I think there is just this very traditional image of what the career looks like. And I feel like there's almost kind of some shame that goes along with diverting from that traditional career path because it's not something that's been tried and true over years and years and years. You're blazing your own path. And I think that that's common with so many entrepreneurs when you're trying something new and something that's outside the norm. People kind of look at you like, what are you doing? Um, And why are you doing that? And that was a big feedback that I got from a lot of other attorneys. But on the flip side of it, I've had a lot of support too for people that have kind of been wanting that and craving that, but didn't have the they weren't the nerve yeah. Yeah, to do yeah. it. Yeah. They were just a little scared. And so I think that one of the things that I thought was so amazing was I had always said I was going to add this like work life balance component to my blog because I love sharing about that. It comes from a place of passion. And so I was really, really scared, but I drafted my first blog and it was all about my journey through postpartum anxiety and kind of how I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. And I can now look back and say, really, it was my anxiety that kind of fueled my desire to get out of that kind of rat race I was in. And I'm thankful for that now. Like when I was in the process, I was just, you know, miserable. So I had shared it. And so my mentor had shared that blog and this uh, very high level managing partner at a firm in Beverly Hills actually turned around and shared it on LinkedIn. And I like almost pooped my pants. Like I was so, (laughs) I was so shocked he shared it. And he actually sent me a message and just said, you know what? I really appreciate you sharing this side of things because my wife went through this. I was there through the whole process. And I think that we can do better. And that for me, having the conversation and making it something that people talk about is exactly what I had intended. And so I just felt so validated, I guess, to know that so many people don't talk about it and I'm doing the right thing by kind of opening up and sharing my story, the nitty gritty, the ugly, you know, the not so impressive. And that's something that I've kind of vowed to do on my social media is also show the business building side of things. You know, just from where I started three years ago is a mess (laughs) compared to where I am now. Um, So what's important to show that side too, because, you know, nowadays with social media, all we see is like the end result, how things look perfect. And, you know, and first of all, it's not even that they look, they are perfect. It's just that that's what we're seeing, right? That's what we're shown. And I am enjoying more and more all the behind the scenes stuff that entrepreneurs put on their social media, more like, uh, you know, this is what it's really like, (laughs) because that's the reality of it. 
you know, there's a group of entrepreneurs who have great ideas and they're just going to go for it. You know, they're, they're putting out their MVP, which stands for minimally viable product, which means like we're just starting here and we'll improve it as we go along, but we just want to get the ball rolling. So there's that kind, which based on what you just said, I would put you in that category. Then there's the kind of entrepreneur who isn't even going to try to sell their product or their service or anything because they want it to be perfect when they launch. And unfortunately, those people probably will never launch because things are never going to be perfect. And a lot of times you don't know what you don't know until you're doing it. You know, as you're doing it and you go along, you learn things and you pivot and you refine your product or your service. Or, you know, like you said, you you develop a niche because you're like, oh, I thought I was going to be selling this or doing that. But all of these people are following me now and this is what would best serve them. So let me provide that service instead. So it is good to see the behind the scenes and the reality of life because it really endears your potential clients and clients to you and your service. And it shows them that you're a real person. And I think that most people want to help a real person, right? They don't want to help the super glamorous, has it all together person all the time because they assume that they don't need the help, right? Because they're so perfect in how they present themselves. So I think you're hitting the nail on the head with that. And I would say the same thing to, you know, anyone who is thinking about branching out or changing their career, you know, it really, as I said earlier, it's it's a sign of strength and a sign of character for you to just say, you know what, this is what's going to serve me best. This is what's going to serve my family best. This is how I can be the most productive member of my community is by changing how I'm doing things now, because there are already a ton of people doing it the same way you're doing it right? But there are not a lot of people doing it in a different way. And so if you could figure out how your career can serve you better, as well as serving your community better, then that's where the real strength lies. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I think story is such an important part of building a business. You have to connect, I think, with your audience and you really have to do pull back that screen, pull back the curtain and show a little bit about who you are as a person because People don't connect with the perfect anymore. I think we've all kind of been burned by, you know, this influencer dominated space where everything was so curated and perfected. And we all kind of had this very unrealistic expectation and and we know it's BS. So I think there's been this, I want to say rebellion almost. It's been kind of a turn in the industry where people are saying, we don't want perfect. We don't want to have everything be perfectly curated and selected and posed and Um, We want to kind of hear the nitty gritty and and hear the failures and see the triumphs. You know, you get people in your corner and they're really cheering you on. And I think it's been amazing because some of my closest friends now are people who I've actually met in the online space and a couple of them I've never even met and hugged in person. So, and that's a goal, but I think that you really do connect a lot more with people when you can kind of let them know who you really are. Absolutely. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your journey and for being brave enough to make the decisions that best suit you and your family. Listeners, if you are in need of any legal counsel or information, I would encourage you to check out Nicole's website, NicoleSheryOden.com. And of course, you can follow her on Instagram by the same name, NicoleSheryOden. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Thank you for listening to Josiology. Be sure to visit Josiology.com to access the show notes and discover fantastic bonus content. To join the conversation, 
Find us on Facebook or Instagram with username at Josiology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.